Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, welcome back. So good to see all of you today. Uh, man, what a special time. We're in a special season in a season or a series titled Community. And inside of community, we've talked so much about uh, how and why you belong. And today we're talking about why, why we belong, why we gather. And so title of this message is The Gathering Place. And title of The Gathering Place for uh, a couple of reasons. One, we all have certain places that we like to go to and hang out. And really, really the point of uh, what we're talking about today is why we gather, when we gather there, and what was, what's the purpose? And then what's the purpose of us gathering here today? And so then in Detroit, there's a place that we gather. It's called Campus Marshes. And Campus Marshes is, is the center of downtown, really cool area. There's all kinds of stuff that happens there. Here in Fort Collins, we have Old Town, and Old Town is just amazing. There is so much to do down there and so many different types of restaurants and, and all that. It's incredible. In Tulsa, um, the newest, there's several gathering places because in Tulsa, well, there's Tulsa. And so, so many places to gather in Tulsa, but specifically the, the biggest, most popular one right now is called The Gathering Place. And The Gathering Place is uh, it's a massive park right by the river, super nice, um, and just a fun place to go and hang out and be, the restaurant there, all kinds of stuff. And so, in San Antonio, we love going to San Antonio, we love staying at the Marriott in San Antonio, right on, uh, right where the river walk starts, a little loop that goes around. And uh, if you've ever been to San Antonio, you know the place to be in San Antonio is the Riverwalk. Like, that is where we're going. It's beautifully decorated. It, it, is, it is awesome year-round. When we go to Riverwalk, we love going to Landry's Seafood. We used to have a Landry's in Tulsa. It went, a, went, a, went away a long, long time ago. And so, um, uh, love Landry's. We also love going to the Iron Cactus. The Iron Cactus is right there on, um, on Riverwalk. And so, these are awesome gathering places where people go and they gather. Now, what about the first church? Where did the first church meet? Well, they met in the temple and they met in houses. Houses meaning plural, right? Reinforcing that the church was not about the place. It was about the gathering. It was about the gathering. And it was not a building necessarily. It was a body of believers. And you might say, well, today, uh, all of us here aren't believers. All of us watching online might not be believers. And I would say this, well, if there's 100 seats in any church in the, in the country, there's 101 seats here in the Grove. If 100 people show up today, they believe enough to show up. It is a massive, massive step and a huge move in somebody's life when they, they grab a hold of what little bit of confidence they might have to step through the doors of a church building. Now, for an insider or a believer or somebody who goes to church, that's a simple step. But for every first-time visitor, walking in the doors of a church is a huge step. And the only reason they walk in is because they believe there might be something. Now... How often did the first church meet? They met every day. The first church was the thing. When we met, when we came together, when we gathered, whether it be in the temple or from house to house, it was the thing. It was the thing. It was Riverwalk. It was Campus Martius. It was the gathering place. It was Old Town. It was where we gathered. It was the thing. And it had nothing to do with the place. Absolutely nothing to do with the place. It was about the people. Jesus was the destination. Jesus was the destination. It wasn't a coffee shop or a brewery or a restaurant or anything. It was Jesus. It was about Jesus. And now, 
I would, I would gather here in this building every day. However, I feel like I might be alone. And many of you would probably say the same thing because sadly the bottom floor and the backside of a carpet exchange, exchange building is not the most popular destination in Fort Collins. And so the destination is Jesus. It's why we gather. He is why we gather. He is who we worship. He is who we remember. When Acts tells us to remember, that's what they're saying. And so growing up, growing up, how often did I go to church? How often did you go to church growing up? Many of us in here, many of us online would say, well, we grew up going to church three times a week, man. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and always. I was the only one in my family who went to church, and so I caught the church bus as a young man early on in life. And so how often did I go? As often as that bus came by, I was on it. I was on it. And so that when you look at that, real talk, you can, you can kind of remember those days, right? Sundays used to be really long, and you would go to like, you would go to a small group or Sunday school, and then Sunday school you would dismiss to worship. Worship, you'd go to big church, and every church kind of had their own little deal. But it was like three hours long on Sunday morning. It's crazy. And then we shifted, and we shifted from the trend or the daily meetings of the first church and how they met every day to three times a week. Now, now, if we were the first church, we would meet daily, and I would assume that they met for, I don't know, an hour? It doesn't say really. Two hours? Who knows? But let's just say they met for an hour every day. That would be seven hours a week. To when I was growing up, or we were growing up, and we remember that those Sunday mornings and Sunday nights, the Sunday night service was so special, wasn't it? Wednesday night was like those core people who just wanted to come and go deeper in the Word. And so three times a week, and you could go, well, that three times a week, we got between five and seven hours with the church. So it's, it's kind of a wash, like seven hours, old church, first church, seven hours then. You remember those services and what they were like, right? Two, two times a week, right? Well, you know, we could, we're already here on Sunday, so why ask them to come back, right? So then let's just go Sunday morning and Wednesday night. We did that for a long, long time. And then we thought, you know what? Wednesdays are dying too, so we should probably kill Wednesdays. And we're just going to go to Sunday only. And I tell you what we need to do is we need to, we need to keep it under an hour on Sunday so people will come. And the reality is 80% of all people who do attend church, they only attend church once a month, 80% of all people who say they go to church only attend church once a month. So that means 20% of the time your core people are showing up. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong or right or indifferent. I'm just saying it only means that we have to be intentional as followers when we leave the gathering. When we go from the gathering, we have to be intentional as followers so we can be intentional as the body, right? And so the change in our engagement and the change in the meeting schedule is why a daily time with God is so important. It's so very important. The change in our meeting time and the change in our schedule is why regular weekly gatherings with other people are so important. During the week, another gathering during the week with a smaller group of people. It's what we see in the first church. So important. The change in the schedule has created two things, really. Less focus on God and less focus on us, the body. Less focus on God and less focus on us, the body. You know, it was always great for me to come in on a Wednesday and be refreshed and recharged to finish the week. When Wednesday night services left, a part of me left, right? I think we could all agree with that. And so then what you see in Acts 2, 44 and 46 is this. This is our core scripture today. If you're going to hang on anything, write, take notes. This is it. Acts 2, 44 and 46. All who believed in Jesus as Savior were together, 
There's, there's some trail off, but it's a, it's a repeat of what is said in 46. They met continually, day after day, worshiping in the temple courts, continuing with one mind and breaking bread in various private homes. They ate their meals together with joy and generous hearts because they shared everything. They were like family. That scripture goes on to tell us that they sold possessions and they gave to everybody. It was, man, it was come one, come all. We're in this together. Jesus, right? And we all rallied around Jesus. Now, two things I want you to see in verse 46. They met every day. There was big group worship. They worshiped every day in the temple. And they also, after that, was like, hey, you come to my house? Hey, you're going to their house? Okay, man, well, I'll catch you tomorrow. What? I'll catch you tomorrow right here. Cool. And then you're going to their house. And then the second thing is they met every day in smaller groups from house to house. And so they met in the temple to worship. And they went to smaller groups to remember Jesus. They broke bread to remember who he was. Right? And they prayed deeper those house-to-house -house meetings were deeper gatherings because of the relationship, right? You went with and to whose house that you had relationship with. And so then relationship has to be a focus. That's what Acts 2.42 tells us. Relationship, discipleship, and community. That's our focus as the church, the Big C Church, and that's why we gather. And so then, remember that, relationship, discipleship, community. Now, there was no pretense to worship, Right? There was, there was no pretense, there was no prereq to come to somebody's house. The same as there's no pretense to show up to Old Town or Riverwalk, right? Or the gathering place or the campus marshes, wherever you want to be, wherever you gather. There's no pretense except the one that you create. What's, what is it? Hey, is this, does, this, does this look all right? Do I look good, girl? Is this good enough? You think, like, we good? That's the only pretense. Does this look okay? Who created that? Me. So then, there was no expectation of you in that time, right? So there was no right or wrong way. There was no certain way to dress. There was no certain way that you had to talk. You didn't have to shelf yourself. You had to put yourself on the back burner to belong to this. It was come as you are. Come as you are. There was no expectation. You just did. You just did. And the expectation was God. And the expectation was, what is God going to do today? What's God going to do today? And so then people came together to gather. They came together to gather, right? That's, that's what together is. Jesus was the destination. God was the expectation. I'll say it again. Jesus was the destination. God was the expectation. It was not about a dress or, or a place. It was about a group of people and what God was going to do in us because we gather, right? Now, why did they meet every day? Twice a day. Why were they so intentional? And how could they be so intentional? Then? And how could we get so far away from that intentionality, right? We have a promise in the Bible that says, where two or more are gathered in Jesus' name. It says, where two or more are gathered in my name, I will be there with them. So we have this promise from Jesus that says, hey, Whenever you gather, and whenever you gather in my name, I'm going to be there with you, I'm going to be among you, and I'm going to see that whatever you are meeting about is done. Is done, right? And so then, do our gatherings in 2022, do our gatherings in 2022 mirror the daily gatherings of the first church? Because we really gather for three reasons. Three very, very important reasons. And they are this, worship, discipleship, and evangelism. Worship, discipleship, and evangelism. Now, here's the thing. Those are church words, Dusty. Like, 
not real fired up about what you just said. Hang tight. Buckle it. Don't leave. We're good. All right. We gather to worship God. We gather as a body of believers to worship God. We gather together on Sundays to worship God. God doesn't live in the church building, right? He lives in the hearts of every believer. Now, his presence finds us when we gather in his name. And so then, when those who are saved by Jesus come together to worship, because we gather in his name, we sense his presence, and we are mutually encouraged. Mutually encouraged in our worship. But more importantly, our worship glorifies God. Why? It shifts the focus off of us. So then we're really sowing time. We're giving everything. All of our focus, all of our heart, all of our attention shifts to God. It's the one time a week. They used to do this every day. I still do this every day. It took me a long time to get to it, okay? But man, if I don't have a time in my day where I shift my focus from everything that I have to do, what's going on in our family, what we have to do over here to get this done, what has to happen for this to take place? If I don't get my mind off of that and say, you know what, Lord, because you woke me up today, I honor you, I worship you, and I serve you. What is worship, Dusty? Worship is singing, serving, and giving. You've heard that we worship God with our time, talent, and treasure. That's a good Christianese for you. But all three of these flow from your heart, singing, serving, and giving, because they take your time, they take your talent, what God's given you, what, God, what gift God has given you for the kingdom of God, right? To serve other people, to love other people unconditionally. Super easy because it's in you and it's not in me, right? And then generosity. They gave with generous hearts. They had generous hearts. Why? Because where your, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is, right? Where your treasure is, where your heart is. So then in that, worship is singing, serving, and giving. All three of these flow from your heart to God because of his goodness to you because of his faithfulness to you, because of his consistency in your life. That's why. That's why. And so then, time, talent, treasure, sing, serve, give are the same. Now the second thing, we gather to become better followers. It's an easier word than discipleship. We think about discipleship, like, oh, good, good grief. Like, now, we gather to spur one another on towards good works. We gather to spur one another on towards good works, towards love and good deeds. The discipleship of believers is key to the health of the church. Key to the health of the church. Knowing, knowing the mission of the church is to go into all the world and create disciples, to make disciples, we are intentional to grow in our relationship with God through the teaching of His Word. It happens. We come to know God more when we get taught His words, the teaching of His words, so that we can become so that we can become better followers, we can become who he's called us to be. So then, what is discipleship? Discipleship is being devoted, disciplined, and diligent to seek and learn what Jesus has taught us. It's what Acts tells us, be devoted to the teachings of the apostles. What did they teach? What Jesus taught them. Okay. So then discipleship is being devoted, disciplined, and diligent to seek and learn what Jesus taught. The third reason that we gather is to share the gospel with unbelievers. We want to share the gospel with new people. We know it's a massive step for that person to come through the door. We understand there's an amazing opportunity for God, for God to do something, to spark something in someone's life. And so then, we gather to share the gospel with unbelievers. Now, now, we have a huge part in that. 
we have a huge part in sharing the gospel with unbelievers. It is imperative that the gospel is presented here. Whether you be online or in the room, here, every time we gather, the gospel must be present. Contrary to popular belief, non-believers do attend church. This is not just a holy huddle or an inner circle or an insider's club. More surprisingly, many churchgoers aren't even believers. They just go because they believe they should. They're not tuned in. They're scrolling their social media, their Instagram. They're, they're sleeping. They're doing, some, they're doing anything but being tuned in on the edge of their seat, taking notes, opening their Bible, and seeing what God would have to say. Therefore, we're going to focus on having an environment that welcomes people as they are. Why? Because we trust that it is through the preaching of God's word, through the sharing of the gospel, right? The preaching of God's word, that faith is born in the heart of a believer. That's how faith is born in the heart of people. Now, evangelism must go beyond these walls during the week. It has to. It has to go beyond the cushions of your couches. It has to go beyond the walls of your office. The, the gospel has to go beyond this moment right here. Beyond the windows of your car, if you're on the podcast right now, listen to me, right? Remember, the building does not do the saving. Jesus does. Jesus does. The church is not a monument that we visit, right? The church is a movement that we are. We are called to be the church. That means all of us should be doing our part. All of us should be doing our part, right? By the way, churches are some of the most beautiful buildings in our communities, You've seen them. This is no knock on anybody or anything. They're some of the most beautiful, beautiful buildings in our communities, and they're empty, and they're only open one hour a week. There's a reason for that. We're called to be the church. It's you and I. So what's your part? Your part is very simple. It's conversation. Conversation. Leverage your influence. Leverage your relationships. Be an example of who Jesus is to those who are around you. Don't focus on beating the Bible in front of them. Just be a real believer. Just be a real believer. Jesus in you is going to come out in your conversation, right? So then conversion in your family, in your circle, with your friends, with those who you have influence with and relationship with, conversion happens because of the conversation you have. At some point, they're going to accept an invitation from you to come. That's why on Sunday when we look around, we go, I wonder who's coming today, but none of us bring anybody. That's kind, of, that's kind of a bad place to be in, right? Because we're called to go and make disciples. How do we do that? We invite. We are bringers. We bring people. We invite people to come to church with us. Why? Why? Because we have influence and relationship with those people, and we know. I can't come and say, now you're not saved, brother. You better get your butt to church this weekend. I can't say that. I can pray for them. I can have conversation with them. I can take them to lunch. We can go to coffee, right? And so then, Jesus in you. It's living your life as an example. It's 1 Timothy 4.12, if you want to write that down. Live your life as an example in word, deed, purity, and faith in everything that you do. Let people see who Jesus is. It's shining a light. It's in Matthew. Shine a light so all men can see. Shine a light. What's that mean? Let people see Jesus in you. That's all it is. Too many times I've had the conversation with people who feel like I have to get him saved. We got to get him saved. Preachers will joke about, we got to get you saved, brother. It's not about that. It's not my responsibility to get anybody saved. No, you don't have to get him saved. And no, you can't save him, right? Conversion to faith is God's responsibility. 
Conversion is simply accepting Jesus as your Savior. That's what that is. It's just an old church word that people have taken and kind of made this old heavy thing. It happens when we gather in his name and in his presence. Conversion, we set the tone, the stage, we prepare for people, and we invite God in. And conversion can happen because that's God's responsibility. Because we're in his presence and we're gathering in his name. And so then conversation is our responsibility. It happens every day. It happens at our house. It happens in my marriage. It happens with my kids in group and one-on-one settings. It happens in a team meeting, the people that I'm leading. It happens out in the community. I'm just having conversation. I'm being a good example. I'm showing people who Jesus is, right? Conversation happens in the office. It happens at the bank. We find instruction for this, right? We find instruction for how we are to gather. Remember, we're talking about gathering here. Why? Is it important that we gather? Galatians 5.13 tells us, For you, my brothers and sisters, were called to freedom, but do not let your freedom become an opportunity to satisfy your sinful nature, worldliness, and selfishness. Don't let it become that. Don't let your freedom become an opportunity to satisfy the lust of your flesh, right? What you want to do and what the world tells you you need, right? Don't be selfish. Instead, instead, use your freedom to love, serve, and seek the best for one another. What happens? What happens? The Bible says the truth shall set you free, right? The truth shall set you free. But do not let your freedom become an opportunity to satisfy your sinful nature. But the truth sets you free. So the process is this. We gather. We grow. We, we seek salvation. We find salvation. And so then we go. And we think that going is going back to our weak ways, right? By the way, gathering is community. Growing is relationship and going is discipleship. The Bible has a way of this. The human being has a way of this. And when we go, when we come and we gather and we connect and we, and we taste and see that the Lord is good and we understand that he sent his son to die for us, if we stop right there and go and just know, hey, I've got salvation, it's all good, what happens is you go with, with going equals freedom to most people. And so then they have heart change with head knowledge. Heart change with head knowledge. And so what they know trumps what they believe. And they use their salvation and their freedom, their freedom from sin, the freedom that they found in Jesus, to reindulge in worldliness and selfishness. Knowing well, I can just seek forgiveness for that if I ever really do that. And because they know they can seek forgiveness, they don't believe that they've been freed from going back. Been freed from it. So they keep going back to it. Why? Why? They don't stick around long enough. They must grow. There's a discipleship process. There's, there's becoming a better follower. No discipleship, no personal relationship with God. That means nothing, Right? And the only way to God is through Jesus so that I must grow and become more like him. Gathering with other believers is messy, right? And so as soon as we taste and see and we feel like, I'm, I'm uncomfortable here, I'm convicted, I don't know if I want to be a part of this, I got to go. But praise God, I'm saved. I crossed the finish line. And really the finish line is just the starting line to growing in something so great that you can't even imagine all that God has for you. Now, when we gather with believers, it gets messy. When we care for other people, when you look at the first church and what happened, 
and how close. They were tight. They were so tight-knit they were called, they were like family. When we care for each other enough and we get involved in each other's lives, it's messy. So then, being with, being with believers is messy. Caring, getting involved is messy. But guess what? So is love. So is love. And the gospel's messy too. Look at the stories of Jesus all through the New Testament. It means loving messy people. It means loving sinners, just like me and just like you. That's what it means. So all the inconveniences that we try to avoid by gathering, all the messiness of the actual church, right, and what we see when we gather, these are the very things that God wants to grow in us so that we can be conformed to his image. Why? So we can genuinely display the gospel, which is the truth, which is Jesus, which is everything. The truth shall set you free. In the time of the first church, there was no old town. There was no river walk. There was no campus marshes. There was no gathering place, right? The place was wherever the people were. And because they gathered in Jesus' name, he was there. And today, we simply need to invite Jesus into our gatherings. Nothing has ever happened by assumption. So you can't just show up. By the way, if you don't know what assumption means, ask somebody older. They'll help you figure it out. We have to invite Jesus into everything we do. Our house, our marriage, family. That's a lot. My conversation with my neighbors, my conversation at the office, my conversation in my, in my group me, in my Marco Polo, in my FaceTime, in everything. Because in our gatherings, especially when we gather as the, the Capital C Church, when we gather in this place, we gather to worship God, to make disciples. Remember those three things. Those three things are really worship God, make disciples, share the gospel, build relationships, reach people, and celebrate what God has done in our lives this week because we have faithfully followed. That's why we gather. God says if we do that, he will continue to add to the number of those being saved and called to heaven, meaning they have an eternal home. It's huge. Which means our action step today is this. Remember, conversation. Conversation. What's that mean? That means Monday through Saturday, go be the church. Be the example of Jesus at every local gathering place in your community, at your local office, and in your house. Have a conversation. And when you do that, what's going to happen is God is going to start to build a bridge to that person's heart where they're going to receive the invitation that you give them to come to church. And when you invite them to come to church on Easter in just about 10 weeks, less than that, they're going to say yes because you've had conversations. Father, I love you. Thank you so much for today for the opportunity to share what the gathering is all about, why we gather, how we gather, where we gather, and when we gather, Lord, that you are the destination, you are the expectation. It's nothing that we can do but only to come into your presence, Lord, to worship you, to say thanks, to become better followers, Lord, and to share the gospel with others. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for those who are gonna make a decision to follow you today, Lord. I wanna pray right now, if you are here today and you know that you need to reestablish a relationship with Jesus, you need to be connected to the family, to the gathering, to the family of faith. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer for me. It's our believer's prayer. It's going to be on the screen for you. It says this, I believe, and I'm just going to ask you this.
Just repeat this after me. You can repeat it right there, just loud enough where you can hear it. Say this with me. The church is praying with you today. I'm praying with you today. We're believing with you today. The church is reaffirming their faith today with you as you pray this. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross and beat death. He overcame the world to forgive my sins. Jesus, I give you my life, all of my sin and everything with it. Forgive me today. Come into my heart. I want to follow you. Thank you, God, for sending your son. And thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, you prayed it for the first time, for the first time in a long time, you just established or reestablished a relationship with Jesus, I would love to know who you are. Make sure you send me an email, dusty at dustyotis.com. I would love to follow up with you. I'm going to get you a Bible and a notebook. I'm going to help you take your next steps. If um, the next thing you do is tell somebody, there's somebody who's been praying for you. Tell that person that, uh, that you know that's in your life. They go to church. They're regulars. And it's not that they've always been the greatest example, but man, they've been consistent and they have faith in God and they've been praying for you. Tell that person. And then as always, come back. Come back here next week, either in person or online and grow with us. Grow with us. If today's message spoke to you, I'm going to ask you that you would share it. Just share it. Send it on. Paul said, woe to me if I don't share what God has revealed to me, what God has given me, and share it in the time that you have it. The farther you get away from this message, the, the more irrelevant it will become to you. Share it today. Whatever spoke to you. If you took notes, share those notes. Share the message so the gospel can go forward today. Now, today was good. Today was really good. We talked about community. There's more. There's one more step to community. It's the most monumental piece, and it happens when we all come together. So do not miss next Sunday. Now, I'm going to pray a blessing over you, and I'm going to let you go. I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. I pray the perception of your mind may be enlightened so that you would know what is the hope of His calling for you and His great purpose and the great things that He has in store for you. So thankful to share with you today. Take this and be a better follower. See ya. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreedefined.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.